This is Herbert from Fritz Schlemmerack and you're listening to Torium Radio. Turbo Jugend Radio. Turbo Jugend Radio. The last show of the year 2013. This is Chip Bester from Turbo Jugend living in the gay capital of Europe. In Cologne, and this episode I'm aided by my personal audio slave by Bengal, who jumped in last night and did a, an interview um, with Tattoo from Trubuig and Oslo, and he was talking about Trubuig and, uh, and Trubu Negro in Oslo. Thank you, Bengal, for that. Thank you for ch uh, jumping in because I was just not capable of doing so, and uh, you can only take one guess. Yes, you're right, I spent the weekend in Hamburg. Got wasted really, really bad on the Friday night, thanks to Trubigan and St. Pauli and Duncan from Trubigan and Aberdeen. So um, my body and my voice was definitely not ready for um, conducting the interview with Katu from Oslo, but thankfully Bengal jumped in. And uh, before that, I was uh, when I was fit, I uh, grabbed my chance and I talked to El Comandante from uh, Australia, and he will be updating us on Trubigan Australia in a worldwide segment. To start the show, uh, we will begin with uh, the forum. I um, will be talking to Blackie Guns from um, Trubigand Rockers, Fuck the World. And I'm raising the question, what exactly is Daft Punk? And believe me, I get a really, really interesting answer. And we also learn a lot about the Carolinas. Please excuse the poor audio um, but uh, as you guys are all, all um, Facebook consumers and um, I guess you have a hard time concentrating anyway, I would li like to suggest using this uh, um, audio experience to practice your um, concentration and uh, you, I'm sure you will be um, succeeding as uh, Blackie Guns and yours truly try to find out what exactly is Death Punk. So, so here we are, Turbulent Radio Discussion Forum. Um, for years, I've been wondering about uh, the music. Uh, is Death Punk? And with me at this time is uh, Blackie Guns from Turbulent Rockers. Fuck the world. Uh, who's also playing in a um, in a band, the Locomotive Guns. And um, I was told that he has uh, quite a good understanding of Daft Punk as such. So, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much. So ah, I'm thank you. Listening to your music, you and we'll play some uh, at the end of the podcast. And I, I, I sort of, I'm interested in the in the whole Daft Punk uh, uh, music of Turbo Negro in the early days when they played uh, Daft Punk on the on the Ask Cobra and on, also on the Never Is Forever and also on the Hot Cars album. And um, what would you define as Steph uh, Punk? And since you had the, 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 have your own band, the Locomotive Gun, uh, Guns, and you, uh, you have it down pretty well, so what would be, what, what do you think is the makes Steph Punk, Death Punk? I just kind of think the element of danger. 
I just kind of think the element of danger that um, that basically, uh, I mean, you've got death metal, you know, and you've got death rock and whatnot, and I think the fact that those things, those genres are, are pr provocative in that way, and I think the fact that if you, uh, if what you do musically, artistically, or whatever is provocative, and it makes it brings in an element of danger, which essentially is death is the number one thing everyone's afraid of, and if people are afraid of it, they're going to be intrigued by it, and they're going to want to check it out, so I think the whole concept of of death punk it just totally works and it's it's a little bit darker you know it's got more you know it's just got a little bit more to do with like the darker side of the, of, of the world and and of life and uh, to a lot of people what what turbo negro does um is a dark side of life i mean they, they bring things to light that people don't want to talk about and i think that's great and we kind of do the same thing in locomotive gun because we uh you know we're we're, we're big we're big danzig uh danzig fans poison idea motorhead um that kind of stuff but they were also like big into ACDC and Guns N' Roses and early Kiss and stuff like that and a lot of these bands you know they really kind of did what they did because nobody else was really doing it but yet at the same time they capitalized on rock and roll and you know and, and blues based music and whatnot and like our biggest influences are rock and roll blues based rock and roll and um, and angry angry punk rock and we try to put ourselves out there as a death punk band because we like the legacy that Turbo Negro and uh, the Anal Babes and bands like that kind of um, kind of set forth for a lot of people and it just gives it a, a different spin it's, it's more it's more dangerous it's more provocative it pisses more people off and if you can party and piss people off at the so same time so when you think about cool the old that. anal babe <laughs> albums and the old uh, turbo negro songs if you think about it what really uh from a musical and technical point of view well, I think what it, what it is is like they have a tendency to um, when when they played the riffs, they uh, play like a lot of like uh, you know more minor chords and they um, but but still straight ahead like say the Ramones or like the New York Dolls would play or whatever and they played you know a lot of like half notes and stuff where so it's like it was straight ahead and, and rocking and bluesy but yet it kind of had like that kind of like that the the brown note the dark notes in it that kind of gave it like that extra sort of like heavy edge without mm -hmm. it being metal you know what I mean and uh, and that's what I kind of liked about it I mean especially with you know with uh, with you know with hot cars and the song Viacon Satan and, and things like that you know the early early Turbo Negro stuff um, you know is completely underrated in the whole music world and the anal babe stuff is so classic you know and I like me personally I've only heard a little bit of the anal babe stuff because uh, um, you know being here in the states and stuff like that they didn't really get that big but uh, just the whole vibe and the fact that they're mixing they're mixing sex and and death and darkness together but with a tongue-in-cheek attitude this is kind of like basically says fuck you to to most people more so than anybody else did you know it's kind of like gg allen minus the hepatitis and the, and the uh, heroin use you know um, um, so uh, from a technical sort of uh, point of view so you you think that there is there is really a way of if you play uh punk rock music and uh twist the notes uh, to some point it really um Turns out that uh, that uh, death, death, death punk can result of just the way of you technical play your instrument instrument. I think so. I, I really do. I mean, I, I, I think so. I, I really do. I mean, even like with like, say like a band like Entombed, you know, Entombed was a death metal band that became 
like uh, death and roll because they they play death metal but with a rock and roll attitude and kind of more like more blues based rock and roll type riffs and I think with a lot of the death punk it's straight ahead punk that's very much influenced by like I said the New York Dolls the Ramones and the Misfits and stuff but they they give like more of a you know just like just there's like you said basically the notes that they play are a little bit darker sounding and it gives it a whole different vibe and it evokes a different type of uh, attitude um, that's different than so other types of punk rock. you want to distinguish you know? met the death metal from death punk what would you think is the because oft, quite often you can hear people talking about that music and mixing it up or at least not being sure what whatever is death punk and whatever is death metal and whatever is, if there is death uh, death rock what what would you think is the um, the real uh, this, how would you distinguish those, those two types of music Well, I, I kind of, I'd say that maybe like the uh, um, the, the lyrical content, um, you know, like a lot of death metal, you're going to find it's going to be more um, mythological and more religious based. And uh, um, with with like the whole death punk thing, it kind of like, it sort of refers to that in a way. I mean, they talk about other things, you know, that are more, you know, quote unquote punk rock or whatever. But yet at the same time, and with like the, the, the element of Satanism, you know, I mean, most people in, you know, white middle America are scared shitless, you know, of anything that's not Christian. So, of course, you can throw that element in. And I think that's the one thing that kind of like ties in death punk and death metal is the fact that there's like they kind of embrace the, the evil side of things. And in death punk, you know, you get more evil, like more societally evil, whereas like sexuality and whatnot in death metal, I think you get more um, the evil side of like like religion and maybe, you know, more kind of like uh, religious-based politics, if that makes any sense. I mean, because where, where I live in the United States is North Carolina, and it's very, very much the Bible Belt, you know, and it's really, it's really easy to piss people off with just the, you know, the basic mention of anything that's non-Christian. And that's what's the great thing about like with, with death punk and death metal, they kind of share that sort of spit in the face of conventional uh, Christian mm -hmm. morality as a whole. But they just the music, with the music comes, you know, music's a little bit different. The way people dress is a little bit different. Nine times out of ten, you'll find people that are really into death punk are really into death metal. And a lot of people that are into, into death metal and black metal and stuff like that embrace um, the death punk attitude and stuff like that. Because, I mean, they, you know, when they're not banging their heads and, and moshing and, you know, and playing a, a million, you know, notes a minute, they're going to want to kick back and party. And, you know, death punk is a nice transition from death metal. If you talk metal, about, like, you know? <laughs> provoking with music and with death punk music, do you think that the concept of death punk uh, nowadays is still a concept that uh, that really provokes people I think so because um, this has always kind of been my theory like over the years um, I don't, I'm not sure how it really is in Europe but like in the States there's been a big push for an underground there's Christian punk rock um, you know Christian metal and this and that and a lot of people you know it's split down the middle right here a lot of people will say that you know Christianity has no place in punk rock or metal and then some people like prefer uh, Christian punk rock and metal went into the untrained ear and someone that's not really into it they're going to hear it, it's going to sound like the same thing and to me I like music to kind of be provocative you know as a whole but if, if you hear it and you like it good music is good music you know and if you if you read into it and you understand the culture that surrounds a certain kind of music then it's easier to kind of see the provocative qualities whereas with something like death punk and the way that turbo negro does the thing or whatever it's you don't have to read into it you just you know you look at their album cover you hear a song and you either love it or you're completely grossed out by it so with your band awesome. the, the locomotive <laughs> you know? guns when you um 
Well, actually, just tell me how long have you guys been existing, and at, at what point did you really decide to go after the the whole death punk thing? Okay. Well, um, me and uh, okay. Um, well, um, me and uh, um, Buddy, our drummer, we uh, um, we kind of, we met at a tattoo shop that I uh, that I worked at back in um, in March of uh, um, of this of this year, and um, we just started talking, and then he was talking about started talking about Turbo Negro, and I was just like, okay, I love Turbo Negro too, and then we started talking about these other bands, and like around our area, there's a big metal scene, and there's not too many people that really are into death punk and rock and roll and punk and roll whatever you want to call it and uh, so we just started started jamming like back in uh, it was about April of this year and since um, I'd been in a uh, I sing for another uh, hardcore band that's been around for a long time that's kind of um, got some traction in, in the states and over in, uh, in Europe so it was kind of easy for me to kind of promote what I'm doing um, in this new band so you know people were kind of drawn to it to just kind of see what I'm doing that's completely different than my hardcore band and from there we uh, you know we just got a really good we got a really good cult following now and uh, just in like maybe six months um, we put out a four song EP self-released um, that uh, um, that a lot of people are really are really liking and we've played a good handful of shows and uh, um, we've just done quite a bit like in, in the last six months just you know thanks thanks actually a lot to um, you know the, the Turbo Yugen and the people that we met online and the people we met at shows that understand Death Punk and kind of understand what, what we're doing and they, and they latched on to it and uh, hopefully you know um, we're gonna have some stuff for sale um, on the uh, 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 self-destructo records uh, distribution store and whatnot and kind of getting it out there um, but yeah in six months um, we've done quite a bit you know and just uh, our, our bass player is our drummer's brother um, our guitar player is, is my brother-in-law we've all known each other forever so it was really easy to just put you know put a good solid set of uh, um, just nasty rock and roll songs together uh, you know in like six months okay. you know so, so you yeah were, you we're, were talking we're really about <laughs> uh, being from, from from the Carolinas and, and that area being a very Christian uh, uh, Christian area do you think Christian areas somehow provokes uh, that punk as such Oh uh, yeah, I think it does, man. Because uh, what it is, I mean, there's a lot of people that are kind of like suppressed because, uh, or I mean, a lot of the things. Um, I guess trying to think of the best way to describe it. They're kind of sheltered because there's a very strong uh, church-going culture, and in my area, uh, it's a, there's a lot of like. Um, uh, United States Marine Corps uh, like air station and bases and stuff like that so there's a very much a uh, military and um, and Christian type vibe that it exists in in my area and as you go kind of west of here in North Carolina it's a little bit less but for some reason out here on the coast um, and in the areas where these Marine Corps air stations and all these like military installations are and all these churches and such a rich culture or I'm sorry a rich history of like a you know of a southern culture you know people have a tendency to kind of you know look for a different different point of view on life you know and they they, they get into metal they get into punk and they, um, you know and, and they want to be different they want to they want to offend more instead of fall in line and I think the bands that come from this area that uh, um, that get into metal and punk and whatnot are a little bit angrier um, and a little bit more um, 
with uh, a little bit more self-expressive so with uh, with with their anger and stuff because it's been so so suppressed for so long because of being in the Bible Belt, and uh, it makes for really really good angry music. I mean, we're not far from Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, the Valiant Thor. They're uh, they're from this area as well, and uh, they're a very unique, um, angry type of you know political sort of rock and roll band, and that's kind of what you end up getting from this area. Just like a natural reaction of against the. Not the regime, but the sort of the social climate, uh, so to say, in in, the, in a very Catholic or re- religious oriented area, which is uh, seems to be happening in the Carolinas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in in the. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and the the further you go to the coast, um, kind of where, you know, where where I live, um, there's a lot of us are Baptist, and there's actually a place, um, uh, a part of North Carolina called Down East, and what it is, you, uh, it's right right on the just right on the coast. You go across a bridge to get to it, and it's like a whole other world. And there literally used to be a sign on the bridge that said, "Don't let the sun go down on your black ass when you leave here." Basically saying that if you're black and you are on the wrong side of the bridge that you're pretty much doomed and the sad thing about that is it's just been one of those things that for years and years nobody really nobody batted it or not about it was just like it was like a, a part of culture that they accepted and the fact that that's what's taught and what's accepted uh, okay. Okay. In some of the extreme parts of, of where I live, you know, in some of the extreme parts of, of where I live, it's, it's you know, mind blowing. I mean, I've been to the area and I've. Um, like in my in my private normal life, and I have to say that uh, it also offended me that the way they were, they were almost like modern right wingers. I was at a wedding and everybody was like really strict and only whites, and the black people were serving us. So I, I get an, somehow an, an an impression of the of the uh, uh, of the uh, the culture of the southern culture, and exa- I know exactly what you mean. I mean, of course, the people I was with were. By no means right wingers, but it I sort it had some some sour taste to it. I, I would say. So, um, if you if you think um if, oh. if you think about your area, can you give the audience, the listeners, a few um, um uh, other bands uh, from your area that you would say are death punk oriented? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's- oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's a great band from uh, um, from Wilmington, North Carolina, called Ironhead. And uh, it's got Johnny Sonic on guitar, who actually played bass for Electric Frankenstein for a little while. And him and his wife, uh, Angela, uh, they they're they're a great three piece, and they're definitely they're kind of like a darker sort of rock and roll, and they got that that death punk, death punk vibe going on. Um, they're 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 fantastic, and uh, um, and like I said, Valiant Thor, they're from they're from this area. Although they want everybody to you know to know that they're from outer space, but I'll 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 dispel the myth right now and tell everybody that they're from Greenville, North Carolina. And Wilmington, North Carolina, and Raleigh, North Carolina. But I mean, like Valiant Thor is great. Um, and because of bands like Ironhead and Valiant Thor, a lot of other bands like this band called Salvation uh, from Wilmington. They're kind of like a speed metal, um, but kind of like a sleaze rock kind of band. Um, and what's great about it is these, when these rock and roll bands kind of pop up, they end up having that sort of like that uh, that death punk kind of vibe. And uh, there's a really really good network. There's a venue called uh, uh, Reggie's in Wilmington that has uh, they. They actually hosted uh, the Apocalypse Dudes, which actually has, um, I believe, D.D. Ramone um, uh, from the uh, the Richmond Jugen, um, and also from the uh, um, the Rockers FTW, uh, his band. Um, and so they they're they're all very much supportive of all the uh, Turbo, uh, Turbo Negro tribute bands and, and whatnot, and and just everything 
that can spin from that, the whole, uh, the spirit of all of it and the bands that are influenced by it. I mean, there's a great, great underground network um, of, I guess you could call it like death punk and sleaze, sleaze rock and roll. But I would say in my rambling, and my babbling, I would say Valiant Thor, Ironhead, um, Salvation, and the Apocalypse Dudes are great bands to play around here. Really interesting, um, this conversation, which actually led us to... to to the, to the to the dark secret of um, of of death punk that's really one of the uh, uh, the death punk uh, um, capitals in the world seem to be in the Carolinas, which I would not have thought before our conversation. Right, yeah, and the great thing about it is we're we're really close to uh, Richmond, Virginia, and uh, there's a really a really good connection between like the the Wilmington Yugen and the Richmond Yugen, and I'm about two hours away from there, and uh, um, the the bands that play like in, in Wilmington and like Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, uh, in that whole metropolitan area in Richmond, they kind of bounce back and forth, and uh, um, it's 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 crazy because not a lot of people like in the in the metal and the hardcore world and the more the bands the type of music that gets more attention in the bars around here. Are really aware of it you know um which is kind of cool because it keeps it it keeps it like our little secret you know what i mean and and that's what makes it more more interesting and more fun when you do find it and you do stumble upon it you know it's more exciting and you feel like it's more it belongs to you a lot more you know just like the first time you know you pick up a copy of ask cobra you know or something like that you know it's just like you've been looking for this all your whole life and when i found the people in ironhead and the people in valiant thor and all these other people and then you know i met um you know met the people from apocalypse dudes and stuff it's it's awesome because it's just kind of like you know you feel like you're you're at home but you can go anywhere and be embraced as long you know because if you're if you're a yugen you know they understand where you're well, interesting from. because um, um honestly i didn't really know about turbo yugen in the in the carolinas but it turns out that, that there seems to be a really heavy scene going on and that's one has, has some roots uh, there or maybe yeah. they're in norway but for sure carolina has a huge huge uh, death punk uh, uh, base and I do thank you, um, uh, Blackie Guns from Trubigan Rockers Fuck the World for taking your time and talking to us and I cannot wait to see you um, live maybe in Europe at the Welt Trubigan Tage or maybe if I come over there and you'll give me a fair uh, share of death month, death month and treat me like the death month core that I am. Absolutely man, it'd definitely be a pleasure. Absolutely man, it'd definitely be a pleasure.
Line Him Up by Locomotive Gun, the band of Blackie Guns from True Vegan Rockers, Fuck the World. And I thought you can clearly hear the Death Punk element out of it. And uh, honestly, who would have thought that, uh, that the Carolinas and Death Punk are such a natu- natural fit? I just did not know. Whoever knew, please raise your hand and drop me an email to jebesta at truebeugent.org. I'm really interested. Speaking of a natural fit, my audio slave, Bengal, he found his natural fit in the person of Kato, the president of Truebeugent Oslo, and he will be talking to his uh, man crush um, about uh, the recent uh, activities of uh, Truebeugent in Oslo in this month's segment, Truebeugent Update. Truebeugent Update. So hi, this is Bengal from Turbio in Sangaknambin, sitting at home in Vienna. This is the second time that uh, we try to talk to each other. Uh, last time it was high noon, midnight, I heard some wolves howling at the moon, who was sometimes cutting through the heavy, heavy clouds. Today it's about uh, lunchtime. We both are off from work this day. In fact, um, our uh, or my talking partner will go to work in the afternoon. And it's a cold and ugly, uh, it's really cold and ugly this time of the year, uh, at least here in Vienna. Uh, But on the phone I got a ray of light in form of a special sailor. He's the president of Tubi Jugend Oslo, an ambassador, it's Kato, or always known as Party Cowboy. Hello Kato, how are you? Hello, I'm doing great. It's... um... Cold and uh, snowy in Oslo as well. <laughs> as I can imagine, it's a little bit more far north than Austria is. So my first question, let me, let us right away start with, with our questions. So you are a very young president and uh, I wanted to know how did you get into the Tube Jugend and how did you become the president of Tube Jugend Oslo? Uh, well, my first introduction to Tube Jugend was actually through the, um, through the Scandinavian letter record. Because, uh, record. Because um, there was these flyers that came along with it that said that you can join the Jugend. And I didn't really know what it was. Uh, but then at my first Turbo Negro gig, it was the first after their comeback in 2002 in Oslo. Um, I got to see a lot of people wearing denim jackets uh, with the lettering of Turbo in Oslo on the back. So I decided to contact them and ask uh, to be a, become a member of their chapter. And it took about two years, actually, to get uh, to actually get a membership. So I became an official member in 2005. Uh, and after that, I've just been uh, partying and drinking and listening to rock and roll. Uh, what did you have to do to, to get into to Jugend Oslo? What did, was, was there any, uh, any task for you for, uh, to get in? Uh, no, that was the sad part, because the president wasn't really active. And he, he, was, he ran the entire chapter out of an island outside of Oslo. Uh, so it was just him and his friends um, just doing their own thing. And we, if you mailed them, we didn't get an answer. If you called them, we didn't get an answer. If you applied, tried to contact them, there was no, no answer, nothing. So um, actually, we just started heckling them a lot. And after a while, I got my membership. As I said, it took two years. I, I 
um, sent my application in 2003. I didn't become a member until 2005. Wow, okay. <laughs> so um, we just started heckling him a lot, like spamming him with mails and calling him in at every hour, like, we're at the party, where are you? And um, after a while, he just let us kind of take over the chapter and we just did our own thing along with his part of the chapter. And um, after a while, uh, we just got fed up with him not doing anything. So we actually got Hank behind our back to help us to, to take over the chapter. So I remember at a true big Nostal party, uh, uh, Hank was there and DJing. So we just decided, that, okay, he's going to call him. Hank is going to call the president and um, just tell him, lay down the rules. Uh, so uh, Hank uh, actually called the president. And he recognized Hank's voice right away. And basically what Hank said is, if you don't give up your jacket and your, uh, and your presidency within, um, within the next week, we'll come and take it from you. And that was it. And that's how we got a new president. So okay. how we got started all over again. Okay, so it's, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's very interesting to hear that. Okay, yeah. So that's the that's the point or the part that you uh, uh, took over the crown as the president. Uh, actually, no. It was one president between the two of us who was there for one year and helped re rebuild, and then I took over. But it's not that as interesting uh, as an interesting story. But yeah, it was one president between us. Okay, great. So as a two Jugend Oslo is really an important two Jugend, uh, I would ask you uh, to tell us a little bit about the history of it. Yeah, it was uh, as many people know, it was started by the band, especially uh, Happy Tom, who wanted to the uh, uh, Turbo Negro to have a fan club, and, like Kiss had a fan club, only it was kind of like uh, a parody, you know, because uh, Kiss was this huge rock band and Turbo, ne Turbo Negro was a small underground band from Norway. So it was kind of uh, like a parody of what Kiss Army was all about, uh, that the, the small, the small um, band is going to have a huge fan club. And uh, it was started in 1995. Back then, uh, uh, when you applied to become a Turbjugen member, you got a diploma uh, when you sent some cash to Happy Tom's apartment via mail. And uh, when you, uh, if you became a member, you got a diploma sent back. Some people got the diploma, some people didn't. And um, yeah, and uh, the original two. Original Turbojugen logo was like the Turbojugen Oslo logo that we all know today. So that was uh, on the back of every cover uh, Turbo Negro released. So it's, at the beginning, it was just a regular fan club where you just got a diploma and that was it. Okay, so uh, how much money uh, did the people have to pay? <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I have the flyer in some vinyl single somewhere, but I I can't seem to find it now. But I don't. I, I guess it was like maybe around three or four dollars. Oh, okay, so it's not, not not a big not a big amount. Just no, I think it was just for the cost of shipping. Ah, okay. I, think, I don't remember. Okay, but I think it was about that. Yeah. And some people received the diploma and, and some not. Yeah, apparently it was like uh, from what I heard from different members of the band, it was like it's easy to start something. It's a complete other thing to finish it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess it was uh, like. Yeah, it's fun to have a fan club, and the people who get the diploma, they get the diploma, and the people who don't, they don't. Okay. Great, great. I guess they weren't really prepared for the logistics of how many people they would get. Uh, like, as I said, it was started as a joke, so I guess they didn't expect to get too many applications. Okay. 
Do you know how many applications they get? No, no clue, sorry. Okay, so um, as the story tells us, the Tuvijugend Oslo was the first Tuvijugend, um, and is it again the mother of all Jugends? Well, it depends on how you look at it. It's two stories about that, it's like Tuvijugend Oslo or is it Tuvijugend San Pauli? And, um, well, as I said, um, the first Jugend, uh, or Tuvijugend World, uh, Tuvijugend in general, was started by Hapitom, and it had the Tuvijugend Oslo logo, and it was started in Oslo. So in that way, I look at Oslo as the very first chapter because it is, existed way before Turbigen San Pauli. But uh, but the jackets came along with Turbigen San Pauli, and that's kind of like the mo modern Turbigen. Uh, like everybody has the jackets, nobody has the diploma anymore. So it's two different ways to look at it. But if you would ask me who was the first, it's Oslo. <clears throat> Pardon? Uh, uh, if, if you would ask me if I had to say who was the first of San Paolo or Oslo, I would say Oslo. Okay. But Turbigen San Paolo also has a really important history and it's a lot to think. Um, they started as well, like as I said, once again, the jackets. Okay, so as, so uh, we can say Turbigen Oslo was the first Turbigen, but Turbigen San Paolo was the first Turbigen as we know uh, it today. Yes. Okay. Um, as you said, Happy Tom founded the Tubiugend Oslo. Um, when did he leave Tubiugend Oslo? Or uh, did he did he left? I don't think he ever left, mm. uh, but he hasn't got a Tubiugend Oslo jacket. Because um, as I said, he, he started as, as just Tubiugend and he had the Tubiugend Oslo logo. Um, so um, I guess he never, he never really left, but he hasn't even either got his jacket. So... Um, uh, I don't know. I guess he just came along for the ride. He's still there. He's he's still coming at a few of our parties, and um, and after a while, when it was time to get his jacket, he's got a jacket from his native uh, place in uh, Norway called Follow instead. That where he's that where he's from. A Follow. Yeah, Follow. Yeah. So um, that means that uh, Happy Tom is like an, uh, he's the founder and he's still around to be in Oslo, but he wears the to be even uh, follow uh, follow jacket. Yes, yes. Um, he's still around and he was a DJ at our last party, to be in Oslo Bloodbath. Okay. Uh, he was um, he was there as DJ and as a host, introducing the bands and such. So he's, he's still around and he still helps out a lot and still comes to our parties, but uh, he's not a jacket-wearing jacket member of Oslo. Uh, it's a good point that uh, the the Oslo blood blood path because um, uh, good that you mention it because uh, me and Chipester we really wanted to come this year but uh, unfortunately we couldn't. But uh, next year we really 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 like to get there. Uh, maybe. Give us some information. How many people were there about, and how was it? And uh, yeah, some impressions about the the party. Yeah, it's too big. Oslo's biggest party of the year, but Norway is really expensive, so it's and it's cold. So um, I guess we were about uh, 150 uh, big numbers there. Okay. Uh, there were um, eight bands. It's a really good atmosphere and a really small bar. It's bigger than the Slammerich, but mm -hmm. uh, it's still really small. Uh, so we just partied nonstop for three to four days, and we had a bus ride where you can uh, you can buy tickets to the, our self-destructive bus, mm -hmm. and you can go to Bomparius, eat pizza, um, 
and just just have a good time in, uh, in Oslo, and we'll just provide everything you need, uh, except of course money and alcohol. <laughs> how much? Everything you need. How much is a beer in in Oslo, in, in uh, euros? In euros, uh, if you if you are a rock and roll guy, like all of us are, uh, you could pr- probably go to the rock and roll pubs, and those are a little bit less expensive. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe around uh, eight to six euro a beer. Uh, a small or a big one? Uh, half a liter. Okay, okay, wow. <laughs> so we have to to, to uh, save some money for our trip. Yeah, um, I think at Oslo Blah Blah we got a deal, but it was uh, around uh, uh, five euro fifty cent or something. Oh, okay. Is Pampere's Pizza your hangout? Uh, no, we hang out a lot there, uh, or we we go there a lot and we get pizzas for the chapter and uh, for visiting chapters, etc. But um, no, we we used to have a hangout in Oslo, but right now we're on the lookout for a new bar that we can just drink and have fun and listen to rock and roll. Because Pomparis is on the, uh, it's not in Oslo, it's outside, so we have to take a train or a bus there. So uh, Paul is some sometimes there, or? Uh, no, he's completely out of Pomparis Pizza. The only thing left with Paul and Turbo Negro there is the history. Ah, okay. Um, if I look at the menu of Pomparis Pizza, there is no special creation like, uh, for example, a Pizza S-Burner or instead of a Pizza Diabolo. What do you eat there? What is your favorite pizza there? Oh, but if you also look at the menu, you can also see that, you know, this song Age of Pomparis, they actually uh, list up uh, a lot of the menu with, you think you have an opera, you think you have a Napoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of things on the in the song is is on the menu, but my favorite is the opera. It's uh, I don't know the English word actually, but banana sauce, uh, sauce and uh, beef. Okay. So is it good? Is it a good pizza place? It's really good. It's uh, it's every bit as good as the song says. <laughs> okay. So are there special spots in in Oslo where the band hangs around? Uh, so do you see band members sometimes in Oslo? Yeah, yeah, they have their normal lives. They love to. Some of them have, when they have time, go out for some for some beers and uh, maybe a concert. So we, you can usually see them around town at a few select pubs. Usually, you see them around uh, either Revolver or Last Train, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, Last Train is one of the oldest still open rock and roll pubs in Oslo, and mm-hmm. Revolver is kind of new, but it's also a good atmosphere there. So there's still a chance to go out in Oslo and meet some of the bands somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that leads me to my uh, last questions. Uh, last question, um, and it's about the jackets. Uh, as we know, uh, Blitzcore made the two wheel in Oslo uh, jackets available to everybody. And I just wanted to ask you, how about your feelings about that? That's everywhere in the world. Uh, people could wear a two-wheel in Oslo jackets, and uh, I've seen some jackets last in the, in the last time on Facebook for for sale or on eBay for sale. Um, and I just wanted to ask you about your feelings about that. Uh, well, it's um, I'm uh, first of all I'm I'm against it, but um, it's important to notice uh, note the history about it as well, because. Um, uh, back when they started making the jack- those jackets, it was before you could order custom jackets. You either had the, the Sao Paulo jacket, which was only made for uh, their members, and everyone else could order a Trubig in Oslo jackets. And it, you couldn't just choose the chapter or the name. And until later on, 
but when they started accepting um, um, orders with different chapters and different warrior names on it, uh, I think that the Turbo Ignacio jacket for everyone had kind of run its course. So after that, it's um, it was just, in my opinion, really annoying to see the fact that everyone wanted buy a, sh- a jacket with your chapter on it, chapter name, and. Just we had a lot of people in Norway uh, coming around, like um, never sent us an email, never tried to contact us, and suddenly they, they came to our party with a two big Nazi jackets without the name on it that you just had bought at uh, the Blitzcore websites. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm one of you guys, and acted like idiots and shits. So it was kind of frustrating to see people being able to buy those jackets so easily, especially since they had our name on it, and it's. It made like everyone outside of you in how can they separate them from us? And if they like act like a complete asshole, then I guess we're all fucked. Yeah. So so do you um, accept uh, or still new members? Um, is there any chance to apply to Tuve Jugen Oslo, or is it like Tuve Jugen St. Pauli who said we're we're way enough people and you cannot even uh, try to get into Tuve Jugen St. Pauli, for example? Well, in Oslo you could try. Um, we're starting to get to the point where we're all uh, we're or we're 40 members, so we're starting to think about thinking about maybe closing the doors in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as of now, you can still apply, um, uh, and uh, we'll just see if you fit in, in with the gang. It's pretty much like most most Trubigin chapters. You mm-hmm. just have to come to our parties, show your face, and just hang out with the guys and the girls. And um, yeah, just have a good time. And if you fit along with us, which most people do, then you're probably uh, pretty much welcome. And is there nothing else like an, an application test or something to lick yeah. your your shoes or something? No, actually not. We don't really have that. We just <laughs> feel like just just as long as you're part of the gang, you'll probably lick your shoes anyway. So <laughs> so it's, it's no really need for an application test. Just prove that you're part of the gang. Some people find that hard because, you know, coming into a bar with a, a bunch of complete strangers who all are in uniform, so to say, it's kind of hard, but yeah. Uh, we all, Everyone else in the chapter has been there, so we know what it's like. And we, we try to be open and embrace them. And sometimes they turn out to be a douche. And if they're, and if, if it's so, then we don't contact them anymore. And if, and if they're all right, so they've just been invited and invited until they until they get their membership, which might take some time, though. So great to hear that, Kato. So um, I would say uh, that's it for now. And uh, so I would really like to thank you for talking to us and giving us the insights of Two Jugend Oslo. As we said, it's the first of all Jugends. <laughs> yes. And have a good day. Bye-bye, Kato. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you, my audio slave. And thank you, Kato, for taking your time to conduct this interview while I was laying in bed masturbating. The last segment of the show will be from Down Under, from Australia, and uh, on the True Beauty Worldwide segment, I'm talking to El Comandante, who will be giving me an impression of the True Beauty in Australia. Enjoy! <laughs> Hello everybody, Turbo Jugend Worldwide. 
In our quest to get all the Yugans of the globe involved, we're heading down to a really far away destination. Melbourne, Australia. I'm talking to Down you. Under. <laughs> yeah, down Under. I'm talking to Jan from Trubing in Melbourne. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Not too bad, actually. For us, it's uh, it's getting dark and gray. And for you, I guess it's getting sunny and warm. Yeah, it's um, high spring, nearly summer right now. It's quite nice. And this is a nice Sunday evening. And yeah, we had a good weekend. All good. And a, and a beer to finish up the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, if, if, if spring and summer is um, is uh, beginning, does that also mean that Turbiugend activities are heating up these days? Uh, well, we usually have a meeting once a month anyway. Um, we are right now looking forward to do a big thing in February. Um, we won't be able to do the the uh, Australasian World Jugend Days this year because it was just you know too too um, not enough time to to plan it to do it for the end of the year. So we are having poison our deer in uh, February down here mm-hmm. uh, for the for the first time in quite a long time, and so we are doing something around that. What do you have any uh, a name of the event? Is the the name already out, or is it just still nah, in, in the planning? We're, we're still planning. We we it won't be that big, uh, as big as it was last year. Um, but yeah, in 2014 we will do something bigger. And I actually think um, I rather have a year to plan for it, and also uh, because. We, we have a lot of friends all over the world and I would really love to have, you know, somebody from, or, you know, several people from, um, let's say, Europe, some from from um, from the US, you know, from all over the world. And when when we, we uh, like last year, we, we say, okay, in three months we have something, then, you know, people people just can't come because, you know, if you, if you travel here, you need at least, let's say, three weeks, four weeks to make the trip worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So, but if we have a year in, in, in planning, then people can actually say, okay, you know, I will take my annual and you'll leave around that time I will you know go down to Melbourne Sydney and then I travel around blah 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 so you know and the other thing is we, we have enough time and you know in, in a year we we still have our pick of venues we have our pick of of, uh, of bands and all that so now I rather rather have um, a decent planning um, planning phase and then doing something something awesome then you know just throw something together right now just to get get it out there exactly uh, so if the event is bigger and better and possibly turbo ne- involves turbo negro the chances maybe. are that ma- more people are joining it from all over the planet that's what you're saying hmm? yes and if the guys from the band are hearing this we um, definitely want you back um, rather sooner than later, so get the next record out and uh, you know come back and tour again. Maybe you can take 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 the people back to the. Um, you were mentioning the Australian Asian 
Yugen Days. Uh, so when was that, and uh, who organized it, and who who participated in it? Uh, that was last year in December um, when Happy Tom told me, "Okay, we finally we finally come down to to Australia, and we will do three or four shows." Um, I was first like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm here for seven years now. And you told me three times already you guys will come down. So, you know, I will believe it the moment I see you at the airport. But it, it got more concrete. And then um, I thought of, you know, the first World Jugend Days in Hamburg and um, how great that was. And then I thought, you know, why don't we do something around that? You know, why don't we do something like that around here? So I got together with a few of my my fellow Jugends around here, some from Turbo Jugend Ballarat, some from Geelong, and we just got our heads together and organized it. And so we had we had people from all over Australia, uh, from New Zealand. We had uh, um, someone from from Japan coming all the way down just for that weekend. Uh, it was it was simply amazing. How many shows did Turbonico play on that weekend? Um, they played three shows: one in Sydney, one in Melbourne, and then one festival. Okay, so and, and was... were, were people touring? I mean, was the whole idea of the people traveling with the band back then? Um, yes. Well, part of us went, of course, you know, went all the way, went, you know, those five days we went to, you know, flew down, uh, flew up to Sydney, uh, met with the, with the guys in Sydney, um, had one, you know, you went evening to, you know, get warm. And that was a Wednesday, Thursday was um, the Turbo Negro concert. Then we flew Friday back to Melbourne. Friday night was a concert in Melbourne, and that was awesome. That was like, you know, I, I saw them, I don't know, 30 times or something. Um, but that that concert in Melbourne definitely topped it. That you, was, you, you saw Tubernigo 30 times? Is that right? Yeah, some, something like that, yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, it points back to your history in Tubernigo, which we can talk about maybe a little bit later. But would you say that the uh, that concert of uh, Tubernigo last uh, last winter with uh, the comeback of Tony, well, not the comeback, but with Tony as the new singer and the new record, uh, does this attract new Jugends in, uh, in Australia and uh, New Zealand? Um, I think... Um, it definitely revived the Jugends in Australia because uh, we are sadly neglected around here. I mean, you know, I, I lived in Germany and, um, you know, from, from the point where uh, the, uh, after the Resurrection Tour, you know, Turbo Negro played at least, let's say, five, six, seven shows each year in and around Germany, you know, Germany, Holland, Austria, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you just, I don't know, you, and if they didn't come down, you just went up to, to, to Norway and, and saw them in Oslo. So, they, they are playing, and they are playing in, in, um, in, in uh, areas where you can actually get to and here in Australia you just sit there and you know you, you can't just say okay well I, <laughs> they play in um, wherever in Europe let's just hop on the plane so um, 
and they were here in 2003, I think, with the Scandinavian Leather Tour, mm -hmm. and that was it. And they, they played four, no, three or four concerts then, and um, some of the, the people in my Jugend saw them, uh, saw them when they came down, and that must have been awesome. Um, but yeah, then, uh, it was ten years between then and, and the last concert, so um, a lot of the Turbo Jugends around here were, you know, formally, you know, were registered on Turbo Jugend Net, and you know, if you if you looked at, you know, when when I took over Melbourne from the old president, we had on Turbo Jugend Net we had ninety six members. Oof. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I did the first roll call and just, you know, emailed every, every member and said, hey, by the way, I'm the new president, we, you know, we are alive again, we do this, we do that, <laughs> I think probably 50 emails bounced. So, you know, the, 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 the people on, on Toby Yugen Net were not even reachable. Mm. And so um, I, I um, just deleted all the members that um, um, I don't know um, personally. So we're down to 26 now, but um, those 26 people are, are there and want to be in the Jugend and are involved. And um, it's the same with, I don't know, you know, the uh, if you look to, to um, we, we, since... Since uh, Turbo Negro played here, we got more organized. You know, people. It was actually for the first time that that um, Jugends from different cities met, um, uh, because before that everyone did their own thing or they didn't do it or you know it, it was more of a okay yeah we we meet twice a year somewhere and that's it and it wasn't the the World Jugend Days was kind of the first time when, you know, people from different chapters met and that started uh, a whole new new chapter. So we, uh, now we have Yugen tourism. We have, you know, uh, Melbourne went, went and, and visited the guys in, in Tasmania, the Van Diemen guys. Uh, How far is know, that to go if you take the plane? 45 minutes, 50. Okay, but that's, reasonable. Like that. that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, or you know, we we are in contact with the Sydney guys. You know, they come down. We we go up there, um, Adelaide, um, Brisbane, Gold Coast. Um, so the the active chapters are active. We you know we we have our own Facebook group where. You know, people um, can post. You know, we have a party this weekend. Blah blah blah. Local, local stuff, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and and um, then you know, um, it it happens, and this is this is what the the Jugend needs. This is what what they didn't have in Australia before. You know, before Chaboni Group played here, yeah, and so. now we 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 are all enthusiastic again, and you know, mm -hmm. not only only about the band, but about, you know, knowing that there are Jugends somewhere else. And, you know, if if you go to, let's say, Brisbane, um, then you just, 
you know, contact them beforehand and you you have uh, brothers in denim out there and, you know, you go and have a party. Yeah, so what you're, you're saying is also that since Turbo Negro is not playing on a regular basis or not even an annual basis but more like uh, every 10 years, the the, 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 the Jugends fade away and if they come back, it's it's some sort of an inspiration to get the Jugend activities going again. And it's a, contrary to, 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 to Europe or other places, but even the US where you, uh, Turbo Negro is playing more often, uh, you don't have the steady influence of Turbo Negro to, ke to keep the, the flow of Jugend going in Australia. So you have, you have Turbo Negro that re would really, which really helps if they play every 10 years, but in between... You are the guys who have to keep it running and keep organizing stuff more, and you have to be more tight and more active. But because you cannot wait for Tube Negro to get the engines going again. Yeah, exactly. But but it's it's also I mean you know look at Europe. Um, you know of course you you had the band. Um, they are playing that helps, but you know the the Jugends from different chapters. You know, they need their party. It might be at a Turbo, Jugend, a Turbo Negro concert. It might be at, at something else, at some Turbo, Turbo Jugend event. But um, those meetings start creating friendships. And then the whole Turbo Jugend, you know, doesn't need the band anymore. At, at, at one point um, when I think probably after party animals, when, you know, it, it was unclear, you know, if the band is still, you know, when, when when they didn't put out the new album immediately and it was kind of like, you know, it slacked off a bit from the from from the band. Mm. Um, but the Jugend was going full swing and, you know, you, you had, um, I don't know, 2005, 2006, um, if, if you wanted, you could have a, a, some big Jugend event every month or every two weeks somewhere in Europe. Yes, definitely. And this this culture has never made it to Australia before. And so, you know, we now slowly start that. You know, when, when I moved here and we, we had our first, I'm, I met the Paul, the, the ex-president of Turbo Jugend Melbourne, and, you know, I convinced him, hey, let's, you know, put it out there and let's make a, you know, Turbo Turbo in Melbourne get together somewhere. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> we were three people. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a start, but certainly not much. Mm -hmm. And that, and we had at that point in time, we had at least 50, 50 members according to the website. So, um, yeah. So you took over, basically, you cleaned house, so to say, and now you have, uh, you said 26 or something. But yeah. 26 people who really care about you and, and are really intensely working in it and doing stuff. Um, maybe um, you can tell the listeners that about your background because you were mentioning you were uh, living in, in Germany for uh, lots of years. You are basically uh, your life before Australia and you also participated in the first Weltubjugen Tage in Hamburg. So um, maybe tell the people what's your background in the Tubjugen. Well, I... Um... I came to the Turbo Jugend um, through Christian, Chris Winters, the uh, ex-president of Turbo Jugend Münster, who started the whole Münster thing. He was one of the of the first. He was one of the big influences on the whole um, Jugend goes virtual. You know, he had. 
I don't know, since 2000, he probably had the, the website toberjugend.com and uh, that was uh, the website for Tobo Jugend Münster and he had, a, he had a, a forum or a, you know, a message board on, on that mm-hmm. and, um, and that was a time when there was the message board of Münster, there was the one in Ulu and there was the one in, um, the one in October Jugend USA. Those were the, the three virtual you know, points in, in the internet where, you know... People uh, met and were discussing. Yeah, mm. Turbo Jugend met, um, uh, apart from the local level. And um, then when um, in 2002 the Resurrection Tour started, um, we, we met people that we knew online, you know, we talked to for a while. For example, we met the guys from Ulu. The, the crazy Finns who came down to to um, to Germany to Bizarre Festival to see Turbo Negro and you know we just you know we met we got drunk and then Janne uh, the the president of Turbo um, Ulu uh, had the idea like you know have you ever seen Finland in winter and I was like nope it's great come up <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, well, yeah, and so I, I organized that, you know, Turbo Jugend Münster uh, went for um, New Year's Eve, went up and, and visited the guys in, in Hulu, <laughs> and when, you know, a month later when I messaged Jana and said, uh, you know, actually, we are, we are coming, <laughs> we scared the living hell out of the Finns because I thought the Germans are crazy, <laughs> they really come up, uh, come to Finland in winter. And yeah, it was amazing, you know. With with twenty people, we we had a we had a cabin somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It was minus thirty five out there, and we were the whole time we were drinking and you know jumping in in the, in, in the lakes through the ice out of sauna into sauna, and it was just amazing. And um, that was that was uh, the beginning of death punk. Mm. Uh, of of, of Despang tourism. A sauna uh, in, in Olu. Did you, by the way, did you wear the, the the kuten in the sauna or did you take it off? Nah, we took it off. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> but it makes total sense, I guess, to take your kuten off in the sauna. If, if, you know, it's, yeah, it's not gonna it's, make her live longer. The kuten. Nah, it was messy enough. So um, no, but you know, and and that grew bigger and bigger and um, you know the first year we did the, we called it New Year's Madness that was um, 2002-2003 and the next year um, you know first year it was just Münster and Ulu and the next year we had Helsinki we had uh, I think Denim Dudi from Heilbronn was there we had the guys from Potsdam there um, we had uh, Vata I think and another Finnish Jugend, so you know it, it grew, and um, um, so and, this, was and the, that, this was the point where you first got the the idea of death point tourism and um, the, the well, experiences that, that was up act- there in Finland. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that was actually the the idea was born after the Turbo Negro concert on Bizarre in, in two thousand two, where Jana and me. 
where where Jan and me said, okay, hey, let's let's come to Finland. Okay, let's go to Finland. So this is you're taking this idea for also for next year to introduce the a, a global perspective on on tourism and tourism. The one the, the thing you were mentioning in the beginning, that you guys really are hardcore on it to organize a huge event in uh, Australia. Um, now we we. We, we don't want to make it huge. We don't want to make it as a as a competition or, or um, as as a counter event to the World Jugend Days. You know, the the huge thing, the global huge thing is is Hamburg. Will always be Hamburg, and we we don't even you know attempt to to um, be in that league. It's just like you know we. We have a lot of members um, in in Melbourne who who traveled. You know, um, Stuart was in 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 St. Pauli. Uh, he met the guys there. Um, Nathan went and um, visited uh, Sweden and also St. Pauli. And um, Amy went to Mexico and met uh, Pandemon and and the Mexicans and. Um, Angie went went to LA and and partied with Big L. So you know, um, we 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 did a lot a fair share of of Jugend um, Despunk tourism, and we kind of you know, and it would be nice if we had more people, um, or if we could create something that that would. Make people think, oh yeah, why not Australia? You know, why not? Why don't I take my annual leave and, you know, party with my with my brothers and sisters in Denham um, down under? Yeah, so that's it. That's it. But you probably will would do it in the fall or in the winter, so it's gonna be nice and warm, and you can can have this, uh, like have they can have enough time to organize it, save their vacation, and they it's that it doesn't have to be like. Anything like a competition to the to the Welt to Jugend Tage, but some something to get to Jugend Australia on the map, and which gives anybody a good reason basically to 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 organize a, a nice trip, which everybody probably has always wanted to do to go back down under to Australia and see the world from a different perspective, and combine it with decent and activities and a, and a, a possibly um, a real good lineup, and if you're really lucky, also with the band that we all love um, by the name of Turbo Negro. So, okay, Jan, um, thank you um, for taking your time and uh, staying up up uh, late on a Sunday night. And um, I hope um, you guys are really um, developing the whole thing um, well. And um, gonna, I, I can I cannot wait to to have the or the, the event posted on Turbigant on the Turbigant forum or on the Turbigant Facebook event page. And that would be killer, and um, um, I would certainly would love to go down there. Let's see if I can get the three weeks vacation. But in any way, combining Australia with Turbjugend is an awesome plan, and um, I really do thank you in advance for doing all the hard work to set up a really good event for that. Yeah, no worries. Um, it's kind of you know we we're looking at let's say december either december 2014 or january 2015 probably december which is uh, you know it's really summer here and it's shitty in europe and in in america so you know it it would be the best time if you you know want to um, get out of the gray and out of the winter 
Exactly, you know, and, and, Chris, and Christmas is boring anyway, so let's just go exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so cheers, okay. cheers Jan. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, no Have a great one. Yeah, you too. See ya. See ya. So this was True Brilliant Radio for the year of 2013. This was the last show and we will be continuing this uh, show in 2014. If you guys have any feedback, uh, feel yeah, feedback, you can give me feedback on my anus. But you can also give me feedback via email and you can shoot me an email to chebesta at truebrilliant.org um, to give me positive and negative feedback. If you guys feel like giving me bad names for the creep that I am, just feel free to do so. I can take it. Shit on me verbally and give me negative feedback. I'm a man. I can take it. And I might even be your audio whore. Anyway, next year, year we will be um, having the podcast um, starting in January. Uh, we will be introducing new segments as well as uh, new people joining us uh, on the show of course Bengal the audio slave he did a good job today so he, he will get another audio and come shot maybe on uh, on doing another, another segment and if you guys out there in the radio wonderland feel like contributing to the show and doing some audio segments you're more than welcome just um, contact me and if it's uh, if your idea is good uh, and you're on the show and you can become a huge uh, radio star, just uh, like the way I am. You will get uh, get all the chicks, all the sailor men, giving you all sorts of jobs. I'm talking as usual, the hand jobs, the, the blow jobs, and the rim rim jobs. So, if you if this uh, sounds uh, um, um, appealing to you, and if you want to become just that, just um, give me an inf uh, information on what you want to do, and if it's good enough, you're on the show. So this show is ending now, and um, I would like to end it with uh, another piece of homework that my audio slave Bengal did. He did uh, this month's uh, cream puff of the month in a very nice way. So he will he will not only get a pat on the back, but also something else in the back, which I'm not going to reveal reveal publicly publicly on the show. This is for Bengal and me only. So for 2014, I want you to. Stay gay, stay strong, and uh, not only stay army strong, stay navy strong. The cream puff of the month brought to you by Bengal. At our last episode we started the Cream Puff of the Month segment with the greatest rock and roll band since Guns N' Roses as Lemmy from uh, Motorhead described them. Kill Cheerleader. They were a band from Canada and they stopped performing in 2006 uh, because of drug addiction and uh, one band member is or was in jail. So. No reunion inside, sadly. But uh, this episode we have uh, 
a band who starts with Turbo and ends with Wolf. All together, Turbo Wolf. It's a band from uh, Bristol, United Kingdom. Uh, I saw them live in Vienna and to be honest, I have to admit that they blew me away. But check them out yourselves. Here is Turbo Wolf with Let's Die. Thank <laughs> you. 